Hey everybody, I get this question a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it right now. Uh, what is Sci-Fi Super Show? Well, science, it's science fiction, superheroes, some fantasy stuff. Basically, contents from movies, TV, books, comic books. If you have a topic or an idea you, th- you think we should cover in the podcast, or you see something cool online you want to share with some like-minded friends, then uh, come on down to Sci-Fi Super Show on Facebook. Check us out. Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's exciting edition of... Jim... Our certain point of view. My name's Jim. Hello there. I'm Tim. Hello, boo, boo, boo. That's that's boo, boo, boo. He's boo, 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 boo. Yeah. Um, I'm Papa. <laughs> and boo, boo, yeah. We get it. All right, we get it. Oh, okay. This is episode eighty-one of our certain point of view, and today we are, of course, recording not on schedule. What um, day it, is it? I think it's uh, my fun day, my I don't have to run day. Yeah, it's a manic Monday tomorrow. Tomorrow, but today is Sunday, May 23rd. I know, you're not running, you're not going anywhere. Just another manic Monday. And today we are going to be doing a recap, a spoiler-filled recap, analyses, if you will, of the latest episode of The Bad Batch. Episode 4, a.k.a. Cornered. Cornered. You have been cornered. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Oh, there it boy. is. We got it now. What what are we doing, man? We are cornered. So um We did we got a we got a message. Now yeah. every week I, I try to remember to pitch if you want to be on the show. Now, you have to have an Anchor account to do this. Um, so some people, I think, are hesitant, but I think all they want is an email address. But anyway, you go down to the show notes on whatever platform you're listening to, and you'll see a uh, you'll see a, a hyperlink there, and it'll say voice message or something like that. And we had one. <laughs> I think this is for you, Tim. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to let her rip. I usually get notices about that. I didn't see a notice about that. Well, this is from May 13th. We've been Ooh, sitting on this, so uh, I, but I wanted to on. make sure it got played. Are you ready? I hope this is what I made. was born ready, I guess. <laughs> uh, here it goes. I'm not going to wait to hear how ready you are. Uh. Hey, Jim and Tim. This is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show uh, Podcast. I'm a like long-time him. listener of... The Our Certain Point of View podcast, and yeah. I don't think I've made a, uh, a recording for you guys. I, I had a question, and this is the third time I've had to do this because my father-in-law keeps cooking bacon uh. in the background, so I had to find a space where I could do this. Anyway, here's the question. I don't think anybody ever talks about this, but I'm really curious. Yeah. In a galaxy far, far away where you have some of the most powerful people in the universe... They think that it's cool to have rat tails for hairstyles. <laughs> what is that about? Rat tails here on Earth went out of style like 1983, 84 maybe? I'm t- 
totally perplexed by this. Papa Bear knows why. Why do the Jedi, and I think maybe it's just the Padawans, think it's cool to have rat tails? What's the I deal? I know why. Explain. I Thank you. Why. All right, I've got an answer. Well, wait a minute, Papa Bear. This that went out of style in the '80s. So why are they wearing them in Star Wars? It was only uh, the humanoids in the, in the Star Wars. You were supposed to say it was the space seventies. Oh, I'm the enemies. It was the space seventies. Everybody had but, it. Tim, I think that was a question for you. Why are they wearing rat tails? All right, I've got two of those. Um, first of all, you got two rat tails. Two rat tails. <laughs> uh, two reasons. One, it went out of style in the eighties, which was a long time ago, but not that long of a time ago. Um, Star Wars happened a long time ago. Oh, it was um, the space 70s. It was the space 70s. So there's your number one. Uh, number two. Numero dos. For there's a no lot wonder. of... Uh, we don't want any attachment. Um, we don't want any romantic involvement. So how do we make sure that the... Uh, that they're not going after the Padawans for dating, it's that's because a, they've got rat tails. That's a great point. <laughs> if yeah. you want to stop them from attracting people, make them wear rat tails. This is, this is yeah, the Yeah, and, and bleach um, them probably, too. So now we got to get one of our other sponsors. Um, I know we've got our our Sci-Fi Super Show and our, our Riff Radio Show, of course, but we have another sponsor that we, we feature regularly, and I'm wondering if at some point he can tell us um, what we can do and what can happen um, and I bet he starts off with the question, does your father-in-law cook bacon in the background? <laughs> I feel like hey, he could folks. come up with an ad for that. He could fix that. Hey, folks, are you tired of your father-in-law cooking bacon in the background? Well, do we have the product for you. I might have listened to those commercials too much. I'm really excited about that. I want to find out what that, uh, what that commercial will be. So I'm well, probably knowing him, the answer is gun. <laughs> He'll be, like, a gun. he'll be like, your hero is here. <laughs> yeah, you put on your corset, I guess. All right, so there's our uh, there's our first... Well, well that, that was a voice message we got um, from Gordon over at the Riff. Speaking of the <clears throat> Riff, now's probably not a bad time to go ahead and... Uh, let's just take a break and, uh, and do our plug for the Riff. All right, riff. we'll be back in a second. Hey, this is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show Podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your requests on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. And yeah, so that's Gordon over at The Riff. And of hey, course, Gordon! Uh, hey. This Tuesday, last Tuesday, you could have heard me on there uh, plugging away with music from the Cold War. This Tuesday, um, I did the show on music that tells history, as opposed to the history of music... This week I did music that tells history, and that's why Papa Bear, I was talking earlier about uh, the song 30 Seconds Over Tokyo. That's one of the songs in there. Um, it's a good show. Check it out. The Riff, Jim's Corner, that's me, on Tuesdays. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Now on to the news. Where did you get these? Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. So am I going to be okay? Well, according to these pictures... 
Um, <laughs> so there's some huge news that just hit that no one knew. I mean, this is out of left field nowhere. Nobody Dave Filoni has been promoted. He just found out about this. Just literally, this was just released minutes ago. The Dave Filoni has been uh, promoted to a position higher than he was. Yeah. <laughs> so what is his new title? It's uh, He's the overall artistic Executive director, creative executive, director. Creative director for Star Wars. Executive creative Star director. Um, um, yeah. Yep. And you actually were telling me during uh, during our break, this is actually not new news. It's not. Uh, it's not fully new news. So this is one of those uh, kind of internal quiet promotions, is my understanding. Uh, Dave Filoni was was promoted to this position last summer. No. Um, but it was kind of a you know we want you to to be in this role and take over the responsibilities, but they didn't, you know fully announce what it was um, and I, I'd like to think that uh, our certain point of view has something to do with that you know the the big wigs over there at Lucasfilm obviously well, listen to us we are and, uh, unofficially the I mean, Dave Filoni fan podcast that's right that's what we are that's what somebody told me that's somebody what you said that to told, me you told me that I, I, I've seen that online <laughs> well you wrote it in one place well you wrote it yeah. twice I, yeah. Was that me? <laughs> oh man! And he uh, so pretty. Favreau. That's that's super exciting. So that that <laughs> just show? blew up Twitter over the last three days. Um, yeah. Was this conversation about? Well, it's super exciting, man. About Dave Filoni um, and and you know the, just the fact that that we I mean and we as fans have been celebrating him since uh, I mean for, tell for me years. Tell me one thing Star Wars that he's touched that isn't amazing. Exactly, um, Krell, but. Uh, that was amazing, man. It was it was so bad. I know, I know, I know, I know. You know yeah, what I'm saying. It was, I'm just, it was I just, tragic. I just like to use Krell whenever there's a negative conversation. I, but that's I it. Like we're like we're excited. Oh. I, I would say I'm as much excited. I'm as much yeah. excited for Star Wars as I am for him because he deserves it. He belongs there. It's awesome. So even yeah. if it's old news, we say congrats to you. We're glad you're there and. Uh, Keep on, keep on running, man. Absolutely. Well, one of the things we like, I mean, not just us, but like every Star Wars fan site likes to say is Dave Filoni is one of us. I mean, he is a Star Wars nerd, geek, whatever you want to call it, collector. He, he loves it. And he is, is in charge of this creative. He's the creative director now. And it's awesome to have someone with such a passion. It's not a businessman who, you know, is, is out there judging, okay, well, sales are going to be based on this. Sales, are, you know, is this a good investment, bad investment? Now, I'm sure that's part of the job. But the bottom line is this man brings the lore. Um, I mean, it, it's awesome. The, the way he knits this universe together is a way that... Like, we talked about this a few episodes back. Star Wars has this... Uh, Star Wars fans have this uh, obsession with the concept of canon more than any other fan base other than, like, religions. Um, like, you don't see this in Lord of the Rings. You don't see this in Star Trek. I mean, you kind of do, but not to the level you see it. Well, is that Legends or Canon? Well, I heard, but I don't know if that's Canon or not. Uh, that's a Star Wars thing. And Filoni is ruling Canon. He is making it work in a way that we've never seen before. I love it. You mentioned Lord of the Rings, but I don't think Lord of the Rings has any non fan fiction extended stuff that's not part of the, the storyline. I've been playing Shadow well, of War. Yeah, but games, no games are different. Uh, Games are always different. 
until recently, I've never considered a game oh, to be part of a main uh, story. Jedi Fallen Order, Battlefront <clears throat> Two, Edinburgh. I, I said until recently. Well, it wasn't Shadow until Star Wars Canon that amazing. the video games really did that. I feel like any other video game, like think about when you play a Spider-Man game, Spy and you and you, you know, destroy no, no, certain no, bad guys no, who no, that didn't no, go out that way. No, because in Spider-Man we know it's a multiverse. And every single video game experience you have is just one version of the multiverse. Did we know this? Everything has the multiverse, though. This is why there is no... Well, there was Spider-Man. There was the amazing Spider-Man. The spectacular Spider-Man. There's always been a multiverse with Spider-Man. So your argument is invalid. No, it isn't. There's always been a multiverse everywhere. It's part of the deal with the multiverse. You What's can't what I'm have saying? It limited just Spider-Man episodes 16 to 32. Well, why For the most part, fans get so upset about canon because they sometimes whine like Anakin. Sorry, friends, but some of them do. I don't get upset about it. I don't get upset about it. I love it. I love the extended universe, and I love canon. And in my mind, I love hearing it as a multiverse too. Like I love that concept, and it all works great. Have you ever um, heard of Matt Mitchnovit? Yeah, he's a story editor. What did he write about? What did he write about? Mm. He wrote the Krell episodes. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know what this means, but... Well, Tim is upset about Krell, so I thought I'd bring it up. So you don't like Krell, and you don't like The Last Jedi. I got it. I think Tim actually does like Krell. He just hates that he, like, well... Tim can talk for himself. I mean, I don't know. I do I think not like he appreciate. I think he appreciates just how disturbing that story arc is, though. That's different than liking Crow. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> I. Whereas, like the Last Jedi, I don't like the story arc. <laughs> um. Like, yeah, Krell's not badly written. He's he's incredibly well written. He's just disturbing. Um. I, I don't know. That's my feeling on Krell. Anyway, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about... That was episode three. It was written by Matt. By Matt. His last name I've already forgotten again. Mitch Nivitz. Um oh, We're talking about episode four, but we haven't even finished the news yet. So there is some more news. Yet another um Wait, three projects. was written by uh, Sandu. What? Gersimran. Sandu. What are you talking about? That was the writer for episode three. No, it was Mitch. Uh, Mitch. It was Mick Matt Mitchnovitz. Mitchnovitz is the has been the story editor on all of the Bad Batch episodes. According to my notes from last week, he wrote it because I went and looked it up, and he. That's why I knew he wrote also the storyline to Fall in Order. He wrote eleven episodes of Rebels, and he wrote eleven episodes of the Clone Wars, including all of the Krell episodes. That's what it says in my notes. Maybe I'm wrong, though. It doesn't matter. We're talking about other stuff, right? Yeah, we are. Let's leave that in the past. Let's agree to disagree, because you know what? In the multiverse somewhere, he did write it. And in a multiverse somewhere, he didn't. Is Schrodinger Yeah, yeah this one. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, whatever. Schrodinger's writer is what we have. He both wrote it and didn't. Um, but what, what's been taken off our plate? Did yeah, maybe see the project? Did. I, I thought, I don't know where I got that from. What was the project that was dropped, though? What project was dropped? Rangers of the New Republic, they announced today, has been canceled. They dropped the whole thing? 
Yep, that's what it's It's amazing what happens when uh, when they dropped Gina, Gina they Carano? couldn't make it happen, and they've now lost <laughs> out on it. Driving force of... Now, I saw a lot of people... So, on social media, where they announced that, okay, you know, Rangers of the New Republic's not only been... It, it had been put on hold, and then they straight up just said it's been canceled. Um, and then I saw a lot of, like, you know, the, she's a controversial figure, whether she should be or not. Um, again, I separate art from the, the, the artist from the art, but whatever. Um, what I was going to say about her is, I was going back, I was watching um, Mandalorian Season 2. <sighs> when Moff Gideon puts the gun under his chin, because he's going to take himself out, and Cara Dune just butt strokes him with her rifle, I'm like, I'm going to miss that character. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, bottom line is, I'm going to miss that character. But Rangers of the New Republic, you know, whether whether or not Gina Carano is a you know, good or bad person to have on the show, I don't care. I will definitely miss Cara Dune. Um, but that yeah. happens. And, I'll miss, and I'll miss Gina fun. Carano as Cara Dune. Like, I, I can't even imagine a recast. Everybody's like, oh, recast, just use this person. And I'm like, mm, it's going to be. Yeah, it'll be a tough I, recast. Like, she yeah. she fit the part. She had yep. the physicality. She had the look. She, anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Well, we are actually. Speaking <laughs> of physicality, I want to talk about uh, some physicality. So today, on uh, I just told I just told uh, Jim and Papa Bear this on our TikTok account. I'm Jim. Yeah, it's Jim. Um, we got a new follower, and he goes by the name uh, Freddie Nunchaku. Um, and I clicked on his profile very briefly. I, it was just before the show that I saw this, and he he spins nunchucks fairly well. And he followed us because he liked a video that I did where I was spinning nunchucks a little bit, which I just do kind of as a relaxing workout because I think it's fun. I'm in a stormtrooper yeah. costume spinning nunchucks because that's awesome. How often do you see that? And uh, some guy who does this more regularly than I do uh, liked and appreciated it, and I thought that was uh, fun. So I was I was a little bit proud of my. Uh, my spinning there. Um, now, on the other side of being proud, I'm also a little disappointed in myself, and I'd like to talk oh. about that for a moment. Um, oh, this this past Wednesday, Maybe we, we released episode. Yeah, I thought we should uh, yeah, save this that is group. Isn't this group? <laughs> is this group? I am oh, group. Man. I didn't do a copay. All right, so this was uh, my last. This past good. Wednesday, we recorded yeah. the newest episode of Force Lore Comics. Yeah, By we the did. way. We are only two comic book issues into the War of the Bounty Bounty Hunters tie-in series. Yeah. Um, So if you're interested in getting into that, that is running from now through October. So if you want to listen to War of the Bounty Hunters or or read War of the Bounty Hunters, get involved now because it's it's just getting started. Um, But when we released that episode, we released it. I accidentally typed episode 13 um, Uh because we were reviewing Star Wars book number 13 yeah but the force lore comics episode was episode number 12 um and I, well, it has been corrected awful. but i don't want next wednesday to come out and any of you to think oh i already heard 13 and not listen to next week's because uh it'll be different oh you're gonna want to so, listen to this yeah yeah so that's yeah. what's happening My all bad. right well any other news no um, Mark Hamill is uh, plays the voice of the tailor on the show Invincible. Have you okay. watched this? No. No. Holy cow, guys. 
Uh, now, it's not a kid's show. It's a cartoon about superheroes. It's not as crazy as The Boys, um, it, but it does come from uh, Amazon Prime. Um, it's a cartoon series. It's based on uh, Kirk uh, Kirkman, uh, the guy who did the Walking Dead series. Um, he did this comic book series called Invincible. And Mark Hamill, if you're you know a fan of, of Luke Skywalker, we you probably know already, Mark Hamill has actually done far more as a vo- uh, voice actor than he has on, you know, on screen acting, um, he his voice is it, the guy is amazing how he can change his voice. He's um, be Skeletor. He is Skeletor in the new Kevin Smith uh, remake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right on. I where can I has Sci Fi Super Show covered this? Uh, we talked about some He Man, so we probably did discuss it. And the Masters of the Universe. I mean, I'm all over the place. I don't know. Did <laughs> you know that? Uh, Man at Arms was originally voiced and modeled after Burt Reynolds. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I've seen the memes. <laughs> anyway, Mark Hamill is in the new seen show. Seen him both ways too. <laughs> Invincible is not a show for kids, uh, but I will say this: I binge watched it. I my back went out on me, so I've been laying on a couch for three days, and I binge watched all of it. Uh, it's only I think eight episodes. It is so good. I didn't think I'd like it. It's not my style of animation, um, but it is so good. So there's a little bit of news, I guess, as far as Mark Hamill's out there uh, doing some stuff. Uh, as a matter of fact, if uh, I've talked about The Walking Dead so much on the show, I might as well just keep going. So this is done by the creator. Were you in of the, the Army? Dead. Uh, I was also in the <laughs> Army, and I'm a historian. Um, I'm a Libra, and I enjoy long walks on the beach. <clears throat> I like fireside chats with a good Chardonnay. Have you now, seen Modoc? Um, what? Um, seen a lot of the actors from The Walking Dead are in um, Invincible, so it's it's really it's really cool casting. Um, J.K. Simmons uh, is that his name or is it J.T. Simmons? The guy who plays um, in Spider Man, he plays uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Um, he's in it. It's it's the the Ooh. casting in the show is absolutely the voice casting is incredible. Anyway, so there's my, I guess, hmm. rambling. Let's do countdowns. Do we have to? No, we can call it a day. <laughs> All right, I, I might have to leave early. My, I'm sick, and uh, my mom's picking me up, so someone's gonna have to clean the pool. So it's one hundred. The poo. The poo. The, the poo. One hundred and seven days until Life Day Treasury, Tuesday, September seventh. 178 days until uh, Mama Bear's birthday. What? November 17th. Wookiee Life Day is 178 Uh, days away. Um, 222 days at the longest till the release of uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Um, So we just have that for Friday, December 31st, because we don't know when in December that's coming out. Now, have y'all heard about Mandalorian season... uh, Well, who's not eating what? I think the dog's eating something. Hold on, I gotta oh, go. Right on. Um, is Tim even there? I'm here. I was oh. born here. <laughs> well, I'm from a small place that most people haven't heard of. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so Star Wars Celebration is a long ways away. 2022, August 18th, 452 days. And we're still on for Rogue Squadron, 923 days away. Yeah. So, December of um, 2023. 
I think we're ready to get into our episode, aren't we? I sure Especially hope so. Now that Papa Bear's gone, I was trying to. I'm looking at the uh, doing another quick look at the upcoming TV shows and movies, but I don't think anything else has been officially announced as far as dates go. No. Um, no. All right. Well, here we go. Bad Batch episode four. Cornered, coming in at a whopping 26 minutes, which means 22 minutes of actual uh, show. Um, these are getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, I know. We're gonna get the we're gonna get the title. It's gonna yeah. be like Bad Batch, and that's just it. It's Roll credits. It's gonna be um, one of those memes where it has uh, you know directed by George Lucas or created by George yeah. Lucas. <laughs> Let's uh, use the Death Star on Tatooine. Star Wars <laughs> created by George Lucas. All right. Um, so, who wrote this one? This one was written by Saul Ruiz, and uh, we've seen Saul in, in a number of these and a, a bunch was, of season seven. It was, it was directed by. Oh, it was directed by Saul Ruiz. That's right. Yeah. Um, thank you. I I wrote that down and just said something different. I noticed. That. Um, I don't recognize the name of the writers. We've talked about Saul Ruiz. Oh, um, you will. You will. But I'm trying to you think will. of the of the Who's writer, she? Christian Taylor. Well, let me uh, let me tell you something about this guy, Christian Taylor. You, you've you might be familiar with a few of his episodes. I mean, all of basically the fourth and fifth season, including the entire Altar of Mortis story. Rebels is awesome. Yeah, Christian Taylor wrote some of what is unarguably the best episodes of the Clone Wars. Uh, Ultra Mortis, uh, among any fan group that's like really watched and paid attention to the Clone Wars, you will hear nothing but like kind of awe over the whole story arc of Ultra Mortis. This is the guy who wrote it. That having been said, this is my least favorite episode of Bad Batch. <laughs> I was kind of surprised that the guy who gave me Ultra Mortis gave me this episode. Now, I like this episode, I do. But it's not like legendary, like uh, the other stuff he's done. Um, but yeah, so this is Christian Taylor who wrote this. The yes, only other is. meta that I wanted to bring up, I know you, you like to get into more behind the scenes stuff, but we, uh, we brought back a new actor, Ming-Na Wen. Ming, yeah. Ming-Na Wei, yeah. Who's that? Well, I guess I we'll think... find out in a minute. Was that me? I don't know. I thought I heard an echo. It's not me. We're good. Shall we start? Yeah. We're on the ship again. We are on the ship again. And they said uh, they want to go to Ida Floor? Um, I think that's where they started wanting to go, but then they ended up going to... Um, Pantora. Pantora, right? Yeah, they, they want to go to Ida Floor, and Omega says, uh, are we going to explore? And they're like, nope. <laughs> We're trying to go somewhere where no one's going to find us, but Tech says, well, we have no fuel and no rations. Yeah, out of food, and we're hungry. And Echo says, and the comm chatter says that they are now, their ship is now on the wanted list. And Tech says, well, I can scramble our, our signature, but we're going to need to land. And that's how they end up landing on Pantora, which is a vulgar display of power. You get it? Pantora? That's right. Because <laughs> of the band Pantera? Yeah. Yeah. Respect <laughs> walk and all that? Yeah, I know that one. You give this love. Oh, I love Pantera. Anyway. I do too. 
Yay! Well, now we know that about each other. We're bonding. Yeah. So they land at this harbor, or whatever you call these things, this dock, um, on Pantora. And Pantora looks like a fairly populous place, and the guy's like, I gotta scan your ship in, and they're like, no, you don't. Yep, and don't do that. We see uh, that... Now, I'm going to bring this up. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I was in the military. What branch? I was in the army. <laughs> they Lies. bring up a part of the army. This is weird because a friend of mine, me and a friend were having a conversation the other day, and he's asking me stuff about like weapons, and I was like, I don't know anything about that stuff. He's like, but you were in the army. I'm like, you don't understand. In the army, they give you everything. So it's funny because on the one hand you're taught all this really cool fun stuff, but you actually don't know practical things, <laughs> like how to get things. Because someone gives you your food, someone gives you your clothes, someone gives you your ammunition, someone gives you your stuff. And so it was weird that I was having this conversation with this guy just last week about this. And then on this episode we see it, <laughs> like Wrecker and uh, Tech uh, walk out and the guy's like... Yeah, I don't have to scan your ship in. And they're like, cool. They're like, yeah, no, I don't I don't have to. They're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> He's like, I mean, with some financial, you know, incentive, I don't have to. And they're like, oh. <laughs> and I love it. They like they really don't know how the civilian world works at all. They they they're used to they land somewhere, someone fuels their ship, someone brings them bullets, someone brings them food. They're, they're, that's what they're used to. Um, but no, they, so they give this guy credits, and then Wrecker's very uh, proud of himself because they've paid their first bribe. Yeah. They're, they're extremely proud of this. He says we've got the hang of the civilian thing. Um, so this guy's name, by the way, is Raspar 6 at Rose Station. Cool. I don't think that's significant at all. Yeah. Except that he radios someone. He does. He's a, he's a, seems, to be, seems to be a jerk. He uh, radioed someone that we've gotten to know. Uh, Ming Wei. Yeah, fairly well. Yeah, so. Fennec Shan. Yeah, she's in orbit. Or so she's somewhere nearby. I guess she's not in orbit. Um, he, it's Fennec Shan. So, for those of you who are like, who? From The Mandalorian. Um, yeah, and soon to be from the Book of Boba Fett. So very so, exciting. So as far as we know, this is the earliest um, in the timeline we see Finnick Shan. So she's got to be pretty young in this. Yeah, I would say it's probably the earliest, unless she gets her own series, I'd say this is probably the earliest we're ever going to see her. Well, honestly, so in Mandalorian, how old do you think she is? She doesn't look that old to me. She looks like maybe 40. Yeah, and it looks like they tried to make her seem pretty young in this one. Uh, still an adult, but... Young yeah. adult, early twenties, maybe. I guess. Um, well, how, this is because uh, Mandalorian's this is only twenty years before A New Hope, though. Right. So if she's if she's twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, somewhere in there, that would put her. No, this isn't twenty years before A New Hope, is it? No. Yeah, this is Order sixty six. This is when Luke is born. Right. So this is this is just after that, but that's eighteen years before New Hope. All right, so almost 20 years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you got to figure... But Mandalorian is six years after Return of the Jedi. Right, so you've got probably... Um, 30 years. 30 years. 
So I guess she's, she's got to be she's got to be upper forties, or maybe she's a teenager here. Maybe we just I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, that's that's a little difficult to work maybe out. Maybe she's a really, really, really tall and skilled seven-year-old <laughs> who got her hands on some pretty significant weaponry and a nice ship. Right. Um. Uh, yeah. I wonder where that comes from. But anyway, we see Fennec Shand, and she uh, she's got a bounty for Omega. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Yeah. So, and then we go back to um, the dock, and we see Hunter come out, and he is sporting his Rambo look. And yeah. yes, it's gone viral that Hunter is just a remake of Rambo as far as his appearance goes. How do you feel about that? I feel I fine really, about that. I really do think he looks more like uh, Charlie Sheen, and that uh, kind of comedy. I can't remember what the spoof was about Rambo. Um, Did you see that talking about? That Gordon shared, I think. Hey, Papa Bear's back. Yeah, yeah. What, what did you say, Papa Bear? Did you see the meme that Gordon shared? I don't remember it. Oh, is it Rambo pointing at the TV? <laughs> yeah, doing like the uh, who's that actor? Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. where he's like got the, the cigarette in one hand and the beer in the, the other, and he's pointing at the TV. The, the Wolf of all, Wall Street, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Rambo pointing at the TV, and it's Hunter. <laughs> yeah, see, that's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. So we see Rambo comes out, Hunter comes out, and he says, we got to sell everything we can, We and Wrecker's upset because they got to sell the explosives. And he's like, well, you want to eat, right? Because they're out of food, man. They're not doing yeah. well. Do y'all want yep. to say anything about that before we get to the next scene? No, nothing there. I think we're on the planet. I think yeah, we're so ready to go. They're on the planet. I mean, uh, Hunter says, me and Omega and Echo, we're going to go try to secure some, some supplies. And they go in there, and what they see is a parade. And clone troopers are marching down, and everybody's cheering. We uh, see, again, the broadcast of the big hologram of Rampart, uh, the, the now uh, Admiral Rampart. Um, talking about, you know, come get your chain code and we'll give you Imperial credits. And everybody's, you know, happy. And, and Omega's like, well, they're so, you know, what are they doing? They're celebrating the end of the war. And um, Omega's, you know, well, the war's over. Isn't that good? And Echo's response is interesting. Depends which side you're on. Now yeah, that's a pretty I, quick turnover because they're looking at clone troopers. Echo is a reg, is a reg, you know what they call him? He's a normal clone who's just been through some rough stuff, and he has already alienated himself from them. He says, "Depends on which side you're on." So I thought that was an interesting response. Yeah, it was. Um, it's interesting that they're already. You know, taking such a strong stance on it, which makes sense because they've obviously seen what's sort of what's going on, um, yeah. and they don't really know the extent of it. They just know that that they were attacked trying to leave. They don't really know how bad the. I don't think they know how bad the clones and and eventually the stormtroopers are going to be getting, uh, but they do see the control starting to happen. They've yeah. seen the the uh, chain codes. And the change in currency and all that stuff happening, so. Crazy. Um, so we do get a, a ridiculous thing here pretty quick, right? With um, Omega deciding that she's... What? I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> we get a what pretty quick? 
right, so we get a we get one of those little ridiculous kid moments here pretty quick where yeah Omega kind of takes off after something. Well, um, not quite yet. We we show Wrecker and Tech at the ship talking about the signature key and they're ripping it out. But yeah, you're right. Then we immediately go back to the market and Hunter's trying to sell a a, a detonator. And the guy's like, look, uh, you know, you could sell it on the black market, but this is a legitimate, you know, shop. And you're right. Omega's over there. What, do you remember, did you notice what it was that caught her attention, though? I thought this was kind of cool. I didn't. How about you, Papa Bear? It was like a little, it was like a dog or something, wasn't it? Like, it was a little animal. Well, what, before that, it was a clone trooper, like, action figure doll. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really kind of neat and kind of cool. But she pulls that out, is caught, you know, and a, then she sees like some sort of puppy type creature, gets distracted, it takes it, and she ends up running off after it. Um, and this this is very, I saw a lot of criticism, and this is why this is not my favorite episode, <laughs> because this is uh, this is the story of a kid making dumb decisions that are gonna you know. Why is this kid running off down you know, city streets by themselves? Um, but there is a funny moment here because they, they're desperate for money. And the uh, market guy says, well, I'll buy your droid. Hell yeah. <laughs> and he's yep. talking about Echo. And Echo's like, what? And Hunter's like, uh, well, he's a, he's a military prototype. And Echo, the guy says, well, I'll give you 2000 for him. And so Hunter pulls him aside and says, look, man, let's just take the money, and then, you know, when the time comes, just leave. <laughs> I thought that whole thing was funny. And Echo's response was, fine, but not for 2000 <laughs> He says, I'm worth a lot more than that. So Hunter says four, and they settle on three, and Echo visibly sighs and his shoulders slump. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And then Hunter's like, go to your new owner. Uh, but meanwhile, yeah, Omega's chasing a puppy, and Finnick, it's the, the toy gets dropped on the ground, and everything's scary for a second, and Finnick Shan shows up, and she's all like, hey, little girl, do you need help? I'm here to help you. I can help you find your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was weird. I didn't like that. Yeah. Well, she, you know, seemed like a... We, I mean, Omega, every, literally everything she encounters is new to her. She doesn't know right. what strangers are. She doesn't know what bad people are, really. Um, so th- this actually created a small problem for me. Okay. A little while after her and Fennec Shand are walking together, mm-hmm. and she's talking about being hungry. Remember Fennec Shand bumps into the guy with all the fruit? Yeah. And a bunch of it falls out, and they help the guy clean it up. Yeah. But then Fennec Shan keeps two of them in her jacket yeah, and hand one, hands one to but, yeah. Omega. And Omega yeah. immediately goes, but we, we didn't, didn't pay, pay for these. these. Yeah. And I feel like she wouldn't even have a... Concept. I don't know. It's, it seemed like a really quick... Huh. Like, to most people watching the show, you'd be like, yeah, they just stole those. But to her, who grew up on Camino, she never had to pay for anything. She never had to be around That's anyone who paid for anything. Like that seems outside of her realm of 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 but quick she, understanding and quick knowledge. Shan takes this moment to say it's okay to break the rules sometimes. Yeah. I want to go back to that. Let's back up first because yeah, yeah we will. I just Echo um, goes into his new owner, um, 
let's see, where he's supposed to be supervising droids and a 3PO yeah. model comes out and is like, I'm in charge here. Um, the second, in, the, the astromech that seems to be three, the, whatever that 3PO model droid's name is, is named Clink. This reminds me of Hogan Heroes. Whatever. Um, but Echo pulls a pistol on this droid. <laughs> And I'm like, did no one notice that this guy was carrying a pistol? I know. <laughs> well, he's a military prototype droid, so... That's yeah. true. Fair enough. Um, and while all that's happening, Hunter realizes Omega is missing and just goes off after, finds the doll, and then that's where we go to the scene where um, Shan basically steals the food and gives one to... Uh, to Omega. Now, I want yeah. to go back to what she says. Because, uh, like you said, Omega points out, wait a minute, we didn't pay for these. And Chan says, it's okay to break the rules sometimes. <clears throat> Have you all noticed that this theme has come up in every single episode of Bad Batch? Yeah. So I want to talk about that, because that's Crosshair's hang-up. Good soldiers follow orders. Like, he is a by-the-book, nothing, never, you know, never bend the rules, never twist the rules. Um... Where, whereas Hunter is like learning how to adapt to like well, morality and reality sometimes require that you adapt and, and change. Um, th- this is fascinating to me from a moral point of view. Like, what is going on with this show? That it keeps going back to this idea of do you break the rules or do you follow the rules? Because the good guys seem to be the ones who break the rules. I mean, they're the bad batch. Yeah. Now, we also know that the current rules are the rules of the Empire, and we know the Empire is evil. That's um, right. So it, it does create some... And then this is not a... I'm just going to say this. This is not a piece that can be debated. Um, you can debate different governments and, and whatever you want to do in, in, on Earth and in your real the life. The Empire is evil. But the Empire is evil. All right, yeah. period. Like, it's, it is, there's no question about it. <laughs> the Empire is evil. Um, well, there's a famous quote, and I can't remember who said it, but to be well-addressed in a truly sick society is not a sign of mental health. Um, and, yeah, that's where we're at. The uh, yeah. This is a truly sick society. So if you're going along to get along, then you, there's something not quite right with you either. Um, Shand. Is Shand a good guy, bad guy? That's a good well, question. So are we going to talk about that now, or you want to talk about that later on? Let's talk about it later on, because there's okay. going to be some pretty clearly messed up stuff here. But when she bends over to get the fruit, uh, her blaster is exposed. And yep. Omega asks, are you a soldier? And she says, not exactly. She said, the galaxy is a dangerous place to be on your own. And Omega is like, well, then you should join us. And yeah. and, and Fennec's like, that's a great idea. And okay. that's when Hunter shows up. Huh? Yeah, okay. I'll join yeah, you. So that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to join you and your friends. Uh, meanwhile, we know Shan is there for the bounty on Omega, and apparently nothing on the Bad Batch, just Omega. Uh, but Hunter shows up, and this is a cool fight. Um, Hunter, you know, pretty much immediately tells Omega, run, he, he engages Shan. Um, it, I like this fight a lot. Um, it shows Hunter's physicality. But it also shows, like, Fennec Shan's just skill at fighting. Because at one point, you know, she's she's got his knife, and he grabs her wrist, and he forces her to drop the blast or the knife. And you're like, okay, he's just physically dominating her. And then she headbutts him with her helmet and just knocks him out. It, it was a sweet fight. 
Yeah. Um, and the cops show up, and Omega's on the run. So that's where we leave off that scene. Is so, uh, Hunter's temporarily out. Omega's got a head start. Shan's after her. Now the cops are after uh, Shand. <clears throat> but then we I, go back to Tech and Record. Did you want to say something first? Yeah, I realized something about the Star Wars universe. What's that? So we have a couple of planet types, right? And I don't mean the biomes. Um, what I mean is, like, you have some that are very... Um, I, I guess chaotic, I would say, like Tatooine, and then I would I would have I would have called I would have called Tatooine earthy, right? Like there's there's not a lot of stuff to use. You don't have big metropolis type cities. You just Los have these spaceport. Right, you have these towns and you have these spaceports, but the buildings are all relatively simple and they're not very big. True. Um, and then you have these other like major metropolis cities, True. and obviously Coruscant's the huge one, but True. this is a pretty big city. Um, we find out. Yep. But when you yeah, look at the so. big cities, excluding Coruscant, when you look at a lot of the big cities, they actually remind me of a futuristic, post-apocalyptic world. Like, the way That's they're kind of point. all run down, they all kind of have that... I didn't think about that until you just said it. It's very Blade Runner-ish. Yes. All yeah. of them. Yeah, um, you're right. And it, it just... It just it was this episode where it, it that struck me, but I'm huh. thinking back to the other episodes, and I'm like, they're either, like... You know, like native, you know, like not not living this the the. What's the planet with all the the luminescent plants? Felucia. Felucia, yeah, they're either yeah. like that, or you're right, or they're like now Hutta. They seem um, to be post-apocalyptic. They seem to be, you know, smoky, huh. steamy, sand dust, some kind of dust is always in the air. Like, it's always looks Except polluted. Except for Mandalore and the Clone Wars. That's kind of an in-between. Um, the cities are pretty nice. Now, outside the cities, it's not. <laughs> and they, they actually are kind of post-apocalyptic, right? Like, yeah. They've had to <laughs> oddly enough. in domes, yeah. <laughs> but... So, Anyway, a, sorry. Yeah, that does. No, that's a great point. That does remind me. It's very Blade Runnerish. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. But yeah, we go back to Tech and Wrecker. They found the uh, signature key, and Tech uh, very quickly modifies it. Hunter calls him, and he's like, "Hey, there's a woman, highly trained. She's after Omega." And Wrecker said, "We'll see about that." And he runs off, and Tech's like, "Look." And this is when Hunter's like, "Look, the cops are involved now. We need to get out of here." And Tex says, well, unless you got an army of mech droids, we're not getting out of here. And, of course, Echo says, I can help with that. All right, so I found this interesting, too. They dismantled their whole ship, man. Yeah, they did. They took this thing apart, which was really interesting um, to get to wherever the, the, the signal was. And I'm just... I don't know, and I guess it's it it's it's fine. It's strange that you would have to take apart. Like I'm thinking about a ship. They were taking off a lot of really major things, and I feel like they could have gotten to some part of the ship without dismantling everything. I don't, and I don't know how it works, but that's the sci-fi versus fantasy. But this this part was a little bit more sci-fi. Like it, you know, when you're dismantling and putting back together a ship, you've entered the realm of of science fiction. Um, I just thought it was weird. Well, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say about it. I'm sitting here waiting, and then I forgot what I was going to say. It took. A I agree with you, Tim. It is weird. Tim, and that now... is weird. Um, 
No, I, my brain literally just like I was sitting there like, well, yeah, 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 and then my brain went, nope, it's gone. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, yeah, they do take <laughs> apart the ship. <laughs> I yeah, they do. What I was gonna say. But they need a bunch of droids to put it back together. They, you they were gonna say you were gonna to say I'm in the it. army, and shortly after being in the army, I started um, riding motorcycle, and sometimes started. I take the motorcycles apart, you, and I have to you, take apart yes, everything yes, yes, on yes. the motorcycle in order yes. to get to certain places. That's exactly but, what I was gonna say, but, but not about motorcycles, <laughs> and not about the army, but about I had a Mitsubishi. <laughs> I had a, a Mitsubishi, actually I had a clone, I had an Eagle Talon, and to replace the timing belt on this thing, which is a maintenance item, it had a belt, not a chain, it's a maintenance item, after 100,000 miles you are going to have to replace this, you had to pull the entire motor to do this, um, this is poor engineering, well this is good engineering, it's poor mechanics, if you want to be precise, um, it's anyway yeah that's what that reminded me of you're right they had to pull like everything just to get but you know what that's probably a security design that actually makes a lot of sense because you don't want people to be able to easily get in and change the signature on their ship right and i kind of thought about that too like it makes sense then numbers are, are all over the place on a vehicle so that you can't easily go you in there. You can't just steal it, numbers. peel yeah. off the one by the windshield, and move on with your yeah. life with this new car. Yeah, um, yeah, and I kind of thought about that too. It, it's still just. But Echo commandeers uh, all the droids from the shop he's at. But we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Omega runs. He finds a, a maintenance hatch, with basically like a sewer hatch. And Tech sees her on the cameras, and here we get some serious uh, fan service. Did you see the fan service here with how Tech notices her? I love no, it so, so very, so very um, much. The cameras okay. that he's using to watch her with, did those look familiar to you? I'm, I'm trying to recall the scene. It's in A New Hope when they're in the detention center and they go in there and they have to blow up all the cameras in the room. Oh, they Remember? used one of those... Uh... Yeah, was it one of the looked, security cameras. Was it yeah, the that was the, the type of camera, the same thing they had on the Death Star. Um, that's what uh, Tech is watching them with. So I was like, "That's so cool!" It's, nice, it's straight out of a New Hope. Nice, um, good grab. I missed that. Yeah, that was cool. So he sees her on a camera go down this hole. Um, so he calls back to uh, to you know Hunter's still kind of out of it. So Wrecker's like, "I'm on it," and Wrecker goes down into the sewers, and sure enough. He's the first one to, uh, you know, Omega runs in the wrecker, but as soon as he grabs her, he says, I'm on my way back, Shand, Finnick Shand appears, um, and wrecker puts, uh, puts Omega on a ladder, he says, get out of here, get back to the ship, and he goes to face Shand. What did you think about this confrontation? Between the, are you talking Between about after? Wrecker and Shand. Um, it was, it was... I understand the the point they were trying to make. I don't like how easily Wrecker is beaten. Wrecker I, has a tendency to get shot and injured and beat up. And I think? feel like as as the biggest... I mean, I know he's big. I know he's strong. But these guys went through some major, major training. And it's yeah. not a... It's You know, he's supposed to be the... The 
less intelligent brute. I mean, they're they're not hiding that. It's not. Yeah. I'm not saying because you're big and brutish that you're less. But but that's the character that they've created here is a yeah, he's, he's a, a brute. He's not as intelligent as the others. However, he's a highly trained combat, combat soldier. Yeah, he should. He and he's and he's massively strong. Interesting that you didn't have the same kind of wonder so here's what I'm wondering <laughs> she she slams his head into a bulkhead and his helmet comes off and he is out and like you said we've seen this guy take blaster hits but last episode he kept complaining about his head hurting oh yeah so I'm wondering if this isn't playing into a bigger story arc something's going on with Wrecker because there's no way this should have knocked him out yeah maybe um, he just has so, a concussion Either this is a really bad plot hole that Fennec Shan took him out this easily, or it's a really brilliant plot construction that there's something going on with him. To his Rekker's headache, head. yeah, that would that would that would fit. Yeah, we did talk about that last week. Yeah, because last week, yeah, he couldn't even go on a mission because his head was hurting so bad, and this time he takes one tap on the head and he's out. Um, and they make a point of showing his helmet comes off when when he hits his head. And he's down. Yeah. Um, so now she I, I, did use. I mean, I think it was his charge that she used his. Am I remembering the fight correctly? She used yeah, he, his. It was. It was his. She push basically his side sidestepped and then swung him into a wall as he charged yeah. her. Yeah. So helped his. But even still. Yeah, he he. The guy's a tank. He should be able to take that. I feel like he's the kind of guy who would be like, we can't get this door open. And he would just like run at it and put his head down and <laughs> knock a door over. Like exactly, you know he's strong. He's not like Superman strong, but he's he's strong. Where's Papa Bear? Oh, he's gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mama that? Bear came and collected him. Okay, I must have um, missed that. I'm yeah, sorry. So while while that's going on, so Omega's going up the ladder. Fennec Shand is very quickly disabling Wrecker. And meanwhile, Echo and the droids are actually fixing the ship. So, and this actually kind of makes sense that Echo's in charge of like four astromech droids and a protocol droid. And those astromechs, you know, that is their primary function is to fix spaceships. So yeah. they're, they're all over this. Um, and now we go back to Omega. She climbs up this ladder and she ends up on top of this tower. Um, and when Finnick, and she locks the door and when Finnick, uh, tries to blast the door, it knocks Omega off, so she's hanging from this thing, from this balcony way up in the air, and it's very tense, and Tech is watching all this from his security cameras, but Hunter steals a speeder bike. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah, and he's he's on his way, so he's coming, and Shan grabs Omega right as she's about to lose, you know, she loses her grip, and Shan grabs her, very typical... Hollywood storytelling, you know, her fingers slip, and at the last second, you see a hand grab her by the wrist. Yeah, cliffhanger. And, um, yeah, literally, you're right. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I love Fennec Chan says, uh, uh, what does she say? Keep your knees bent and roll. Yep. <laughs> which is the, which is awesome. Then drops her onto a barge. Uh, Omega doesn't do that at all. No, she just simply <laughs> slams into the barge. But but I love that she said it, that Shan said it. And then Shan jumps down onto this barge. So they're on basically this, you know, space version of a of a dump truck with what looks like kind of soft cargo. Yeah, uh, meanwhile, like, they, they like, do show it seemed like wrapped hay bales. Yeah. 
Wrecker does wake up, um, so they kind of shoot to that just for a second, and he's in the sewers, but now we're up on these ships up, you know, above ground. I want to talk about the trust of the Bad Batch real quick. Yeah? They're all in a hurry to get out of there, right? Wrecker wakes up, and he's like, he's like, what happened? And, you know, I've got to get after her, and Hunter's like, I've got her, she's fine, get back to the ship. And Wrecker's just like, okay. Like, it's not all of them charging forward. They really do trust each other with their tasks. Yeah, that's um, a good point. It, which I, I like that about these characters. You know, it's like, yep. I, it's okay, I've got her. And they know he's probably going to get her. Like, sometimes they fail and sometimes they mess up. But for the most part, they're like, You're this right. guy said he's got it, he's doing it. So In most Hollywood or TV shows, they'd be like, no, i got to keep trying to get her. But you're right, they do operate like a like a unit, like a, like a disciplined military unit. Yeah. And Wrecker takes his orders. He's like, okay, Hunter's got it, I trust him. That's a great point. And Hunter does. Uh, so Shand is on the back of this dump truck. Hunter's you know, chasing him. She's shooting at him. And Omega decides to pull the cargo strap on this dump truck. Would upsetting Shand's plan. She's dropped onto another uh, car that's you know, floating nearby. Um, and Omega's left holding the strap. <laughs> and the police happen to notice all this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And that's important, because Shan gets control of this car, Hunter's about to rescue Omega, but at the last second, Shan slams into him with this air car, and he's on a speeder bike, so it kind of sends him for a loop. And the police are there right behind Shan, and what does she do? What did she do to the police? She kills them. Oh, I remember the other police. No, she she shoots one... And it causes him, like, shoots him through the chest, causing him, his bike, to veer into the other guy, and both of them slam into the wall and explode. Okay, I do remember that. Because I was thinking of the other police. Just Uh, after, when Wrecker was on his way back, and the three police come flying by, and Wrecker's like, oh, man, I'm I'm missing all the action. Yeah, he does say that. But then he keeps on going. He doesn't go back for it. He doesn't go, oh, no, they need help. He still listens and follows his orders. Which Correct. Good, good soldiers follow Shan, orders. Shan kills these two cops. Yeah. Um, while she's distracted by the cops, though, Hunter regains control. He brings his bike down. He's able to take out the motors on uh, Shan's car, uh, grabs Omega, and then before Shan can do anything about it, drops a detonator on the car she's on. Yep. And takes off her car. She jumps off just in time for it to blow up. And then she, and she limps a up, little bit. Yep. She's on the ground limping, watching Hunter speed off on the speeder bike with Amiga. And now we're back at the docking bay. The ship is all fixed just in time. This was a little too convenient, too, as far as storytelling goes. It's a little too... Uh, well, that was, that was convenient. That The ship gets fixed exactly at the time when Hunter gets back. Well, it was a bunch like, of droids. They had a bunch of help. We gotta leave, and exactly at the time Wrecker gets back, um, and they're like, "Let's get out of here." So the ship starts to take off, and the harbor master guy is—I love—he just yells, "She hasn't paid me yet!" I know. <laughs> As if the Bad Batch would care about that. Right. Uh, they take off, and so we have the scene. Now they're in space in their ship, and the Bad Batch says, "Well, she has to be a bounty hunter," and Omega's like, "A what?" Now, that's kind of hilarious to me, because she's a clone of Jango Fett. Now, Boba Fett's the most famous bounty hunter in all of Star Wars. It leads me to the question, was Jango Fett a bounty hunter? Yeah. Or was he just a Mandalorian? He was a bounty hunter. 
I had forgotten that. So, um, so the, the so um, what was her name? Yeah, what was I can't think of her name. Sue, Mama Sue. No, 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 no. The the other bounty hunter, the assassin, I guess. Oh, Mara, no. Um. But anyway, the one that put the snake creatures into Padme's window. Oh, the little, I forgot her name too. The yeah. The, so when when she, when the, the changeling, yeah. yeah. So when they stop the changeling, you know, he Anakin's like, "Who hired you? Tell us, Tell right?" Us. <laughs> and Tell she's like, us. "It was a bounty hunter named." And then he hits her with a dart. Um, so a Kaminoan dart. So, so that's yeah. Oh, good and darn good ones, cloners. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, dark. I thought that was kind of funny that Omega is a clone of Jango Fett, and they're like, "Fennec uh, Chan's a bounty hunter," and she's like, "A what?" And she had never heard of a bounty hunter before. Yeah. Um, and now instead of uh, you know, originally they were looking for a planet that you know where they could get away from it all. Hunter seems to have changed their mission, and he says, "We have to find out who hired her." So I guess we have our next goal for the Bad Batch is to find out who hired Fennec Chan. Yeah, you want to talk about that? Uh, well, let's go. Let's finish up the episode, then talk about it. Because then it goes back to the planet surface, and Shand is down there with the harbor master, and the guy's terrified that she's going to kill him. Oh yeah. And instead of killing him, she pays him, and she says, uh, "She says, you know, let me know if you see him again." So there's this weird thing with Shan that she is cold blooded. She kills these cops who are innocent. But then this guy, who she could be mad at, she pays him as like, hey, if you find anything out, let me know. Yeah, and but being she... mad at him would be a silly. Re- like, I, I feel like she's she kn- she's smart enough. I was gonna say she. I would just say she's smart enough to know that this is the kind of person she might need on her side. The police aren't going to be on her side, you know, ever. Yeah. Um, this is the kind of guy that's going to be on her side, and right now she already has him calling her in when she when something's going on she'd have to go find some other <laughs> informant yeah yeah so the last line in the show is she's on the radio and she says target got away but i'll find her yep so now i think we should uh so that's the end of the episode so what's the what are what are our ideas here what are we thinking? we have i'd say we have three options yeah um now let's yeah. say Lama Sue yeah. or Tarkin. Ooh. I'm going Namase. Okay. Because Lama Sue never seemed to pay attention to her, and Tarkin seems totally unaware of her. So Lama Sue is really scared of them losing the contract. Yeah. Um But they're not looking for the bad bet. <laughs> right, but I think Lama Sue knows about I think Lama Sue knows about her, and she's kind of the key to their success. Um, now, Nala Say obviously has taken care of her, has tried to protect her, um, and we know that Nala Say is willing to do some 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 not sketchy stuff, but behind uh, uh, sneaky stuff. I think she's is the word. She's willing to break the rules. She's willing to break the rules, like she did when she when she Which fixed the doors big. for Lama. You know, and Lama Sue didn't know about that. Um, right. So that's a that's a clue that it might be Nalase still trying to get her. The hint to that, uh, to both of them, I, I'd say that, to all three of them, right, any of them could have worked with this, was that they obviously want the target brought in alive. Yeah. Um, so 
And that would be true of Tarkin as well. And I, I don't necessarily think it's Tarkin. All I'm saying is, um, and, and I agree with you, I think it's Nalasay. But Tarkin could have found out. At some point, Tarkin could have gone, hold on a second. Who's the girl on your planet? Like, I feel like, we, we talked about that. How does nobody realize that there's just some human girl walking around <laughs> on this planet with them of Kaminoans and clones? And I feel like Tarkin would have eventually picked up on that. And if he picked up on it, he could start pushing and asking questions. He yeah. could start torturing and asking questions Yeah. until he finds out. And then he says, she could He's be the key. Um, yeah, so that's why I say it could be Tarkin. I'm not necessarily saying that I think it is Tarkin. I'm just saying, like all of the good Dave Filoni stories, there are a lot of options. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But I also think it's I also think it's Nalase. Um and I kinda hope we see Nalase stay alive and we find her off Camino somewhere else. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Camino's doomed by the end of this run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say Camino's probably gonna be I mean at the very least the research facility and their major I don't know if they just have the one major city. Like, we don't know enough about the Cayman Owens. Like, can well, they live underwater? Well, All we know is... planet. Right. I mean... <laughs> the Republic did they, didn't even know about their planet for a long time. Did they... Did the water overrun all of the land and they had to change the way they lived? And that's... Like, I don't, we don't know about them. We don't know why they live in these little cities above the water <laughs> cloning people cloning people yeah how they become so good at cloning people are they clones themselves mm. um, that reminds me of a, of a Stargate thing there's a, a group of aliens who are clones and basically they've been alive for thousands of years each of them because they clone themselves and then they transfer their consciousness into the, the new younger body. Um, hey, that's in the book Dune, too, except for they do it through genetics. So that would work with with the Kaminoans. How, you know, why are they such good cloners? Maybe they're all clones. Maybe they are. That's also in the TV show I was talking about earlier, Invincible. There's a group of, there's two clones that keep, you know, one of them will die and they'll make a clone and none of them are sure who the original is anymore. It's interesting. All right. But I think we're done. Yeah. Are we done? That was So that, that was, was the episode. Batch episode four, uh, Cornered. Where so um, I think in summary... Like Jim said, it wasn't our favorite. Yeah. It was it was neat. Um, so I, I do want to say this. The bad part First is of all, Omega, I, Omega caused the problem by doing something stupid. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm excited to see where we go from here. Yeah. But but I wasn't excited about the episode, you know, like itself. Um, yeah. And it caused one major problem for me. In that Finnick Shan is hunting them. Yep. As far as we know, or I guess we were expecting Crosshair to be hunting them. But I guess they've just taken, maybe not, maybe they just took Crosshair as his new supervisor role. And they're like, you're training the new, 
you know, yeah, I don't know that he's been tasked with finding them. He's right. been tasked with hunting down the rebellion. But I think that was our expectation at first. It was like, okay, Crosshair is going to be after them. Yeah, but we um, know from last episode happening. that they're going to be hunting him because yeah, they want so to redeem him. They're going to try to find him during one of his missions. Yeah. So Saw Guerrero is going to come back up because they're going to have to get in touch with Saw. And when they get in touch with Saw, you know, they'll know where the rebellion is. So they're going to, they're going to, and I bet that, ooh, that'd be cool. All right, you ready for it? Yeah. They find Saw. Somehow. The Empire can't, but the Bad Batch can. Bad Batch finds Saw. And then they set up a trap so that Tarkin finds out where Saw Gerrera is, sends Crosshair on the Elite Squad, and that's when the Bad Batch nabs Crosshair. Yeah, they do. I like it. But that's that's also when Finnick Shan shows up and nabs Omega. And they ha- the next episodes, they have Crosshair prisoner trying to convince him, but they're also trying to save Omega. I like it. All right. Well, I think we're done. I think so too. That was fun. That was a good. Uh, it was. I mean, that you know, it was. It was not a bad episode. It was just. Yeah. Just comparatively speaking, we're used to we're used to excellence. Nothing but excellence for the last year and a half. So two years yeah. now almost. Um, so yeah. So even when it's just good, you know, it's just pizza. Good. Yeah, it's pizza. All right, so what are we doing next week? Obviously, next week on Our Certain Point of View, we're covering episode five of The Bad Batch. Yeah, we are. But what about Force War Comics? Force War Comics on uh, probably Wednesday. Um, this week on Wednesday, Bounty Hunters number who? I lost track. Number who? I'm, I'm going to mess up my numbers again here. Um, Bounty Hunters number 11? Sure. Um... Why can't I think of the of the anyway the next bounty hunters book which is the newest prelude to the war of the bounty hunters uh, came out on Wednesday and that episode that issue will be discussed by us on Four Store Comics the true episode thirteen on Wednesday nice and I'm saying a lot and I'm saying it kind of slow. Because I'm going back through my Force Lore Comics notes to find out that it's Bounty Hunters number 12. And what's kind of cool is the week after... So next Wednesday, um, and we'll discuss these the week after, of course. Next Wednesday, both Vader and Afro books come out to finish the preludes to War of the Bounty Hunters. So, good stuff. Gonna be awesome. Yay! Well, alright. Well... In that case, I guess we'll see you in, uh, what, three days on Wednesday? Two days? It's going to be awesome. All right. In the meantime... Hey, who are you? Uh, huh? Who are you? I think I'm Jim. Oh, nice. He's Jim. Oh, wait a minute. I'm Tim. And I'm Jim. Yeah, he is. This has been... Our... Our certain, certain point, point of view. Of view. We wait, have I got spoken... One. Huh? And where's Papa Bear? There He's gone. He's long yeah, gone. I know. I just wanted to say where's. Um, yeah, we have spoken. This is the way. This is the way. Remember, uh, always the force with will you. be with you. And also, after all this time, always. Always. Is that a Harry Potter thing? It was. Yeah. Well, good night, yeah. everyone. Audio one.